0: For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down.
0: Today we've got a special short episode with Nate and guests Barney Hoskins and Jasper Morrison Bowie of Rock's Back Pages to discuss the best online archive of musical articles in existence. Pop in those earbuds and enjoy.
2: time to let it roll. I'm your host Nate Wilcox and today we're doing a special short episode to discuss Rock's Back Pages. And I've got the co-founder Barney Hoskins and one of his editors Jasper morrison Bowie. Welcome fellas.
1: Hi, nice to be here. Hi Nate, how you doing?
2: Doing well, doing well. So Rock's Back Pages is this pretty invaluable tool to serious music history dorks like myself. Um, Barney, can you tell us how you founded it? What was the genesis and how it's done since you started?
3: Sure. Nate. Um so my background was in music journalism. I had worked on NME and I worked on Mojo. And I was US correspondent for Mojo for about 4 years in the second half of the 90s. Came back to London. And, um, you know, try to think of some, something new to do. And it was, you know, it was the dot-com era. Everybody was looking for opportunities uh, on the Internet. <laughs> and uh, so I just had a kind of vision of a digital library of uh, articles, interviews and reviews from, you know, the greatest music magazines of the previous at that point, like 40, 50 years. So 20 years later that's what we've managed to create and we have you know over 45,000 very very cool articles and and nearly 800 audio interviews with everyone from Jimi Hendrix to Kurt Cobain to Kate Bush. So that's what we set out to do and we keep building we keep adding to it and um it's it's everything that comes under the kind of you know umbrella of popular music and rock and roll so it's everything from like rockabilly to hip hop
2: and can you sum up quickly and this is going to sound a little silly but what is the cultural importance of the archive and what would happen to it if it wasn't for rock's back pages cuz a lot of this stuff would not be accessible at all except in print copies in dusty libraries somewhere
3: well, I would say, um, I mean, I don't know whether Jasper sees it this way, I think it does have immense cultural value um, beyond its appeal to serious music history dorks. I think to use your phrase, if I'm quoting you accurately, I think it, it is its social history, it's socio-cultural history, um, So there's a lot in there on society, on fashion, on politics, on race, religion. You know, it's the kind of history of, um, you know, particularly uh, Anglo-American
1: popular music culture of the last like 60 years. Jasper, do you want to add anything to that? I think Barney's spot on in that it it touches on so many different things. And what's really great about it as well is that it's always capturing a moment in time because we mostly add contemporary Articles. So if it's, you know, talking about the Beatles, it'll be from the 60s and it'll be talking about the the kinds of things that one only really picks up on at the time that that, uh, maybe a serious uh, book might not get into because it's, it's kind of ephemeral, it's kind of fleeting. So it's really great to get those snapshots of history that really bring something to life.
2: And how have you grown and expanded it since you founded? Like, what are some of the acquisitions of archives that you're most proud of and excited about?
3: Well, I think to say we acquire archives is is probably putting it too strongly. Um, you know, we have an archive to which we add magazines that we either buy or are donated to us. So we're sitting in our offices in London, surrounded by magazines and bound volumes and uh, oh. cassette recordings of interviews. So that's what we digitise. That's, that's the kind of platform for everything. Um, we have added... And continue to add uh, vast numbers of writers um, across every genre and era. So we have um, we have over 800 writers, uh, some of them who were writing in the early 1960s and some of them who are young enough to be their grandchildren who are writing now and and all points in between so we we bring writers on board i mean that's the major that's our major sort of offering really is our relationships with our writers um uh, but uh so you know we we have our own archive we don't, it's not like we have a massive industrial building where we can you know where, where we can house uh other archives that, that 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 we might buy uh i wish we could and maybe one day we will
2: <laughs> that's a goal worth shooting for so can mm-hmm. you explain the subscription model and also how the profit sharing works with the contributing writers exactly
3: so we have stuck to our subscription guns from day one and uh, I'm really glad that we have. Uh, we wavered at one point when every everything was free um, online, and everyone thought that that was how they're going to generate revenue. And um, we 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 nearly wavered. I'm very glad we didn't, because I do, in principle, believe in like you know charging for something that has innate value, isn't and isn't just pegged to selling something else. So, you know, we are for people who really want access to, to, to these, you know, to, to, to the, the depths of our archive. Um, And so our main revenue comes from um, what I guess we would call institutional subscription. So that's mainly academic, uh institute in, uh, subscribers as everything from harvard to high schools uh, and again all points in between um and so we are not we're not like a music website we're not we're not uh primarily consumer facing so our, our, our revenue comes from um, as i say many group subscribers um we share a certain uh modest, it has to be said, amount of our subscription revenue with the writers who have uh, more than 50 pieces on RBP. But they, they there are like sort of perks of the profession. Profession. They do get um, unlimited access to the vault themselves in perpetuity. And we share licensing revenue when we when we syndicate or license a piece of text or audio and article interview. The writers always get 50 percent of that. Um, they don't really have to do anything to be in the club. I mean, Jasper, do you have anything to add to that? I think
1: it's just worth adding that what it means to have the subscription service is that we don't run any ads on the site. Everything is kind of focused on the material that we've got. So you can just kind of read to your heart's content if you're an individual subscriber or if you get access through one of the many public libraries that subscribe can get you full access there as well. So it's great to have that, you know, depth be. Uh, enabled by the by the subscribers
3: yeah i think the public libraries is a is a good point we are looking to increase the number of public libraries that subscribe are always marketing to them um, so if you're lucky enough to be anywhere near a public library that subscribes you, you know you you can read stuff with your library card from home um, so th- th- there is access that way nate
2: yeah, that's my favorite way to get it. Um, and I've been lobbying the Austin Public Library um, to expand that and add that um, Great for my convenience. Yeah. And so… When- <laughs> Just <your laughs>
3: personal convenience. I mean, that's, exactly. all, that's all really as far as we're concerned. That's yeah, all yeah. That matters. <laughs> I,
2: I'm that kind of public library user. It's all about me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What, what are some of your favorite discoveries uh, from the Back Pages? Something that you came across that you had forgotten or you hadn't noticed at the time or you were totally unaware of? What, what are some hidden gems there in the archives?
3: Well, the first thing that just pops into my head, Nate, is, is as it happens, our next podcast guest, because um, with Jasper's encouragement, we started the Rock's Back Pages podcast Three years ago, it is, yeah. um, and um, just today uh, we have a finalised arrangement for a guy called Norman Jopling to, um, to to be the guest, and we've had him on Rocks Back Pages for a while. I mean, this guy was probably the first really decent pop writer in the UK. In other words, at a time when music journalism was still pretty much like, what's your favourite (laughs) colour and what's your favourite food? Um, I'm exaggerating slightly. This guy was writing really stylishly about you know, the groups that were coming through in the early 60s. And in, and indeed, the very first piece that we're aware of about the Rolling Stones, when they were still known as the Rolling Apostrophe Stones, was written by Norman in 1963. So he's going to come in next week, and we're going to talk to him about what it was like to be writing about the Rolling Stones in 1963, before most people had heard of them. Um, and we're also going to feature... Uh, uh, an audio interview with the late Charlie Watts from I think it's from 1997 but quite a long audio interview so we'll be talking about that so that's the kind of thing I mean look I'm a Stones fan so it's going to appeal to me but I love the fact that we have a piece about Mick and Keith and co before they were even called the Rolling Stones with a G <laughs> so that's just an example you know to me that's really excavating the roots of of, of pop culture
2: <laughs> and is that the infamous article that tipped Andrew Lou Goldham to the stone's existence? I think you may be right.
3: Don't quote me. But, um, you know, we were going to have Andrew Lou Goldham on as it happens. <laughs> I think he's talked out on the Stones front. So um, hence, we've got Norman, who was going to come in in January. He's going to come in next week, hoping to get Oldham next year. Uh, we have actually got some writing by Andrew Lou Goldham on the site, and he's a big fan of Rock's Pages, I'm pleased to say. And we're obviously great fans of Andrew Lou Goldham.
2: Yeah, his two books on the stones are excellent, and his, his other book on rock management as well. And yeah. um, gotta plug the network. You're part of the Pantheon Podcasting Network, like Let It Roll. So we're sibling yeah. podcasts, and and happy to promote you here. Anything um, you'd like to wrap up with? Well, I mean. We've just moved
3: into really nice new offices that are going to make the uh, growth and development of Rocksback Pages, um, I think, a lot easier. And we're really, really happy to be in these big, spacious new offices uh, to house our archive in. There's going to be tons more incredible stuff we're going to be adding over the next few weeks. We have Holly George Warren coming in. The week after next, to talk about Janice Joplin. We'll have an audio interview with Pete Alban of Big Brother and the Holding Company. So we'll focus on that. And then the last audio interview of the year will be it's five years. Since George Michael's death, so we'll be running an audio interview with George Michael. So there's just these things that you know keep us busy, keep us excited. Um, you know, I've, I've been enjoying what we do for 20 years now, and and I hope I'm still enjoying it in another 20 years.
2: That's that's a worthy goal, and I hope you can make some time to come on, let it roll, and talk about Led Zeppelin or the band or the Eagles or LA rock sometime.
3: I'd Be delighted, yeah. <laughs> absolutely delighted that that's a kind that's a kind thought and invitation i'd be more than happy to do that
2: excellent i always like to put guests on the spot for more uh for more interviews when I, when I get... <laughs> <laughs> all right fellas well thanks so much this is rocks back pages we're going to drop this as a special episode of let it roll here in the next week or so and um barney hoskins and jasper Mercer. boy thanks so much for the the work you're doing too Chronicle the work that all these writers do and, and document the existence of this music. Thank it's you, so much, Thank you right? so much.
3: Thanks for your interest and uh, best of luck with let it roll. Um, I hope we talk again one day.
2: Thank you. We will. All right. Bye.
0: Bye. bye. Follow the letter roll podcast on Twitter at let it roll cast and check out our website at let it roll Let It Roll is a Pantheon podcast, and you can listen to more great podcasts at www.pantheonpodcasts.com. Let It Roll is dedicated to the memory of Edward, Russell Thomas, and Danny Park.